0: Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. So I'm going to continue today the series on the valley. And, uh, and as much as we'd all like to live on, t- uh, on the mountaintop experiences of life, because that's where we enjoy living, Unfortunately, there's also a lot of valleys in life. And so the key in the whole thing is to what do we do in those valleys? How do we handle them? What are the answers to those sorts of things? Uh, because of the simple fact that we actually, and if, and if you're not part of a Christian community or you, or you wouldn't call yourself a Christian but if, uh, today, but, but if you do call yourself a Christian, we know that we are to have answers that are probably a little bit different to what we possibly came out of before we beca- got saved. And so that we look at things slightly differently. And so I'm going to address some things today that, that may be a little bit different for you. So, but just to recap quickly. So first, we looked at how the valleys are part of life and how to uh, help us grow in our faith and deepen our relationship with God. And secondly, we discussed loss. Um, we looked at the book of Job. And then how good was Dave? You know, Dave, Dave when we journeyed through doubt and Italy... Um, and, and, and how you deal with those sorts of things. And so, uh, and then we had, uh, two weeks ago, we had Pastor Nikki uh, from the Cairns location. She shared on the issues of um, walking through worry and anxiety. And then, of course, last week was uh, Mother's Day, where Gabby shared so well. And um, I've heard that Sarah's been booked up for the Cometive Festival for next year, so... That'll be something else. But anyway, you can see these series on YouTube. If you want to, you can go uh, there on, on YouTube. So, but our series uh, scripture for this is Psalm 23, this the Psalm 23, 1 through 4. So the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, you are my rod, and your staff, they comfort me. So this week is the final in this series, The Valley of Addiction. Let's just pray. Father, today I thank you for your anointing that breaks every yoke. I thank you for your anointing, my God, that touches our lives, that opens up our hearts, that allows you to move in and bring the personage of Christ into our lives, and to bring increase, not just into our lives, but into our families, and our community that we live in, and your blessing is upon us today, Lord, in Jesus' name. I thank you for that. So, today I'm going to ask you a question, addicted, yeah? Now, we've looked at worry, and we looked at doubt, we looked at loss, and those are okay. Those are okay, but addicted? Oh no, look at that, that's a swear word, yeah, that's a bad word. So, we sort of have that culture that that it's not the word that we want to hear about especially in Christian circles because we're supposed to be you know we're supposed to be holy we're supposed to be righteous we're supposed to be good we're supposed to not have any problems that 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 are there but of course we do we're supposed to be untarnished the truth is really addiction no matter where you stand in the world or outside of the world and in, in, in the church is not a good word it's a it's 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 a bad word if you like rightly or wrongly but it carries a stigma. It carries a stigma that, that is different from everything else. Uh, when we look at the world that we live in, it's very easy to point the finger if you've never been in the valley of addictions. If you've never been someplace, it's very easy to point a finger. But if you have, you'll know what I'm talking about today. And actually, I was talking to Karen a little bit before, and we were talking about smoking. And... Um, and, and, and by the way, smoking won't make you go to hell, you'll maybe smell like you've been there, but but she was saying that she gave up smoking 40 years ago, and we were talking about how hard it was for her to give up smoking, and she just related how difficult it was, and all the things you went through, and the, and the process that she went through, outside of Christ, by the way, so it was a, a, a very, very difficult thing for her to do, and I when I'm sharing today some of the things, I am certainly not criticizing or pointing a finger at anybody with any issues because I've had my fair share, as many of you know, although you're going to hear about one today that you've never heard about. So if it's, you know, it's it's there. It's, it's I like to think of an addiction as a habit that will destroy or at least limit our potential, our present and our future. And if we continue to capitulate to the desires of these habits instead of continuing to resist them. The truth of the matter is we've got a whole heap of little things in our lives. It says, you know, oh yeah, I'm addicted to XYZ, you know, just this simple little thing, you know, and and we think it's sort of kind of funny. We have to laugh, but real addiction is a lot of laughing matter. And you'll be surprised at what some of the things that we are addicted are. No one ever woke up in a morning. And said this, this thing, this addiction, I wanted to totally mess up my life. Nobody gets into these things because they want to. They end up in those things because of a, a vast amount of reasons. And, and, and not least of all because we are attracted to those things. In our sinful nature we are attracted to sin. We are attracted to the things that God is not, uh, doesn't have for our lives. We want to live in those things outside of Christ, and we want to, many of us want to live in those things inside of Christ. And yet, we know that there's part of our lives that we need to deal with. So, what comes to mind when you think of addictions? The big three, of course um, drugs, gambling, and pornography. And so, we might say, well, you know, I don't have any of those issues. I'm going to zone out. I'm just going to check my Facebook page off again today, right now. And talking about that. What is it that draws us to that all the time? I've just got to brag up my phone and look at my, pay, my media page, you know. I've just got to, I've got to do it. Am I right? It sort of draws us, doesn't it? It calls to us. It speaks to us. It drags us toward itself. Now, if that's, and that, if you like, is an addiction. Harmless? Yes and no. So it's an interesting conundrum. Is that the word? And so we can look at those sorts of things. But there's food. And of course the other two that go with the big three. Alcohol and smoking. Media, like I've just mentioned. Sex, consumerism. Got to go out shopping. How many people like shopping? Yeah, we had one hand go up there and then pulled it down very, very quickly at the back of the room, felt a lot safer, you know? Not a criticism, but it's 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 the desire, possibly, a desire to fill the need, the requirement in our lives to feel satisfied, and in all reality, at the end of the day, if you want to look at it without criticism, it becomes an idolatry. It's trying to put something, to fill our lives with something that's not God, and so that's... That's, we can get all theological about it if we like, but I'm not going to go there today in that sort of area. We've got video games, self-image. Now it's not nothing wrong with looking good. Some of us are just natural. <laughs> but you know, you have to go to the gym, got to keep trim. The whole diet thing, or how, how about Botox? Now that is a problem. <laughs> Norman and I went to a party last. Whoops computer just went to sleep can't have that we went to a party last week and there was a bunch of young ladies there who would have looked gorgeous if they hadn't had Botox no I don't get that so and that is that is the need all jokes aside that is the need to feel something that can only be fulfilled in Christ and that we get our fulfillment of that in Christ and so um, and we can talk about that For on and on. So just to let you know, so that I've just basically covered probably 98% of our congregation, so there's no excuse to zone out. So what, what is an addiction? It's anything that has mastered us, anything that controls us, anything that continuously calls to us, that has a need greater than our desire or our need for God. It's something calls us, summons us to be fulfilled. So before we look at how to beat addictions, we're going to look at how to keep and feed an addiction. It's a little bit of silliness. So how do, we have, how do we keep, how do we feed an addiction? First of all, don't ever admit you have a problem. Don't admit, you. Oh, I haven't got a problem. I can quit any time. The fact of the matter is, is that you can't, and that's the hardest, saddest part about it. It's very, very hard. Don't ever criticise anybody that has an addiction because if you haven't been there, you will realise just how tough it is to get rid of it. Karen's got the right to have a go at anybody that's not smoking. She's fought the fight. You understand what I'm saying? It's, it's, let's not point fingers at anybody. It's, you know, Let's just deny, we have, don't admit we have a problem. Tell others it's just a little thing. Maybe compare yourself against someone who has a bigger problem. Well, I only smoke 10 cigarettes a day. You smoke 40. Or whatever it is. Not just picking on cigarettes. Deny something has a hold on you. But the Bible tells us in James 5.16, confess your sins. In Jeremiah it says, acknowledge your guilt. In other words, be truthful with yourself. But we know better, yeah? Yeah. Someone tells you that you have a problem, you don't listen. But Toza said this, confession is not telling God what he doesn't know. Confessions are telling him what we know about ourselves. So denying basically equals capitulation. So here's another reason how to, or another way how to keep and feed an addiction. Two, gratify your fleshly desires. Now, whatever you do, don't do this. If you want to keep your addiction, if you want to feed your addiction, don't do this. In Galatians 5 16 to 17, it says, Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. There are indeed, there are, they are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. Now, I'm going to sort of come back to that a little later on, not to the scripture, but the concept of that. So, but if you want to be an addict, go ahead, gratify your flesh, do everything that you want to do, buy it, eat it, smoke it, chase it, watch it, be it, do it, just keep doing that, gratify yourself, ensure that you have easy access to these things, if you've got an issue with pornography, visit those websites, issue with drugs, hang around with those shady shady people. If i dealing with people with drugs, my advice to them is to leave town. Go to Brisbane, someplace where you don't know anybody, so that you can't score, or it's really difficult to score. If you're genuine about trying to get out of that habit, stay away from those type of people. The Bible says that bad friends develops bad character. And that's one of the things. I can be very thankful that after I got saved, I pretty much moved straight out of Darwin about two weeks later. Away from all those influences around my, about my life. If you have a food addiction, drive past those, you know, fast food places on your way home. If you've got a, a work problem, now who would have thought that work addiction could be a problem? Well, it can be. If you're, if you're fulfilling your need to be accepted by working and those sort of things, and, and, you know, just respond. If your boss wants you to work extra hours, if your boss wants you to come in late or work weekends, just say yes. That, you know that's how you that's how you feed that addiction so the world tells us to follow our hearts but the type, bible tells us our hearts are deceitful above all things so not all things are profitable for us paul says you can do whatever you like but not all things are profitable not all things are good for you so the third thing how to keep and feed an addiction is keep your addiction a secret mushrooms grow in the dark they tell me well, so does addictions. Sin grows best in the dark, so keep it in the dark, keep it secret. But Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen tells us, "Whoever conceals his sin does not prosper." Am I right? Concealing our wrongdoings is is paramount to our own survival as a as a fleshly person. We don't des- we don't want to expose ourselves, do we? We we just don't do that. That's not part of our human nature but we're not talking about a human nature now we're talking about the God nature that God has put in us and there's this conflict as we looked at before this conflict between those two natures so whatever you, whoever conceals this sin does not prosper but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy so if you want to feed an addiction you know keep it secret don't be accountable to anyone Don't have anybody pray for you. Don't don't go to counseling. Don't go to rehab. Don't have a support group. Keep it secret. And even from yourself, keep it secret. That's how you keep and feed an addiction. But enough of that. So how do you beat a controlling habit? And I would rather call an addiction a controlling habit. Something that calls me that is not good for me that I come to. Something that, 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 that draws me to itself that I know that I don't want to go there, but I go there. How do I beat that thing? How do, I, how do I handle that? Something that wants to control me more. So in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the, on the contrary, they have been, they have divine power to demolish strongholds and we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And this is the amazing thing if you read a lot of Paul's writings. Here is a man who fought a fight who fought the fight of sin, who fought the fight of religiosity, who fought many, many battles, who understood the difference between the carnal man and the spirit man, who understood that God had done something within his life to empower him to stand against those things that he so often, as he says, and the thing that I want to do, I know I shouldn't do, and the thing that I should be doing, I I don't want to do it. Very, very honest and open about who he was. And let's be really clear about this. That beating and walking out of the valley of addiction is not a passive thing. Was it a passive thing to to beat smoking Karen? It was a hard fight, yeah? And, and, And if you want to know Karen, she is the most beautiful, demure lady that you'll ever meet. Don't ask Johnny, but but she had to fight. It was not a passive thing that she went for. It's a fight even to the death because some of these habits, some of these addictions, they will kill you, literally kill you. So how do you attack? How do you starve? How do you beat your addiction? That thing that controls you, that is against God's desire for your life, it's easy to keep. Easy to hide an addiction. It's not easy beating an addiction. It takes strength, it takes determination. But the good news is this it takes what God has already done for you and in you. You just have to tap something that God has put there already. Because so often, here's the thing in my experience, you can beg, you can ask, you can fast, you can pray to get God to deal with your addiction. But in my experiences, very rarely does he do that. Very rarely does he do that. Because I doubt that he will. Why? I don't know. Well, I do know. But our question is, if God loved me the way that he says he loved me, wouldn't he do something about my problem? And that's the approach that so many people take who are in Christianity. They're expecting God to do something, and he's saying, I have already equipped you to deal with this, and I'm going to hopefully share something on how that happens today. Because I learned early on that you fight an addiction by and in and with the spirit man, that God man, that person that God has made you when you became born again, when you took off the old and put on the new, when you became a new creation, in my experience, you do two things. First, you have to prepare to fight. And we have a scripture, Ephesians chapter 10, verse 6, talks about the armor. But I like to see this armor not just as a, as a as an armor, but to put on a new person. A new person goes into this fight. It's not the old person, not the old Larry that went into fight against my addiction. It was the new person, that new spirit being. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand. You take your stand. Don't sit there for God expecting God to do something he has already done. You take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes excuse me you may be able to stand your ground and ha- after having done everything to stand to stand firm there so put on this new man you develop you train you acknowledge you believe in your spirit man, the new creation man, and the one who created him. God, you created me when I came, when I gave my life to Christ, when I acknowledged his lordship over my life, when I capitulated my life for his lordship over my life, when I stepped aside from my own desires and said, God, whatever you want in my life, I believe in him and what he's done in me. So today... If you'll tolerate a little madness, I have have it in my heart to share something that is uh, not easy to speak about, but it's something that how I beat the addiction and they beat the addiction of pornography. Because when I got saved, I got saved out of crass sin. I had so much going on in my life. Um, You name it, I did it. I chased it and I loved it and I hated it. It's gone quiet in here now. And God in his incredible mercy, the moment I got saved, and I don't know how he does this. I'm going to ask him, how do you do these miracles in our lives? How do you do that? It's an amazing thing. You know, I got delivered of so many of those things in my life. I didn't get rid of them. He delivered me of them. I became clean of those things. The instant I got saved, I used to swear so much, I used to embarrass myself. The only person I wouldn't swear in front of was my mother, and I had a foul mouth, an absolutely foul mouth, and, and at the moment I realized something had happened, I was, I was living on a yacht at the time, and I, I was doing up a, a, a stanchion um, screw to tighten up the stays, and the spanner that I was using slipped and banged into my thumb, and You know, instantly got this massive great blood blister and it hurt like crazy and I went to square and curse and I came out Praise God and I'm going, What? (laughs) I'd been saved about, you know, two hours. I didn't get that. But I understood something had happened, because I didn't know what you didn't I didn't know you were supposed to say praise God. (laughs) I don't even know that you are. But that's, and I realized, and a number of those other things, but what he didn't deliver me of was a a, a habit of of addiction, if you like, to pornography. Now, I don't know why he didn't deliver that one to me, but I do understand now why he did it. So that I would develop the capacity as a spirit person to fight the flesh issues that would come and destroy my life and and, and inhibit, I guess, God's capacity for me to, to, to lead a church or whatever it was that he wanted me to do. And so I'm going to share a couple of those things uh, today on how that came about. So, how, because um, I've got, messed up my notes because I paged down too many pages, and so I've just gone back. So, um, yes, yeah, so, so first of all, you put on the armor of God, or you put on the new person. The second is that you, in, 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 and if you'll excuse me here, just a little bit of visionary, if you like, this is how it worked for me. In, in a sense I saw this this in and, and and if you can put up that graphic of that of that Iwo Jima um, flag there if you can please Roman uh, you put on this banner you lift up this banner over your life you you lift this now many of us know this this banner yeah now when I was first struggling with this thing I saw this thing and something clicked in my spirit man just leave it there mate something sp- clicked in my spirit man as something touched my life to realize that what those guys had done, Iwo Jima was possibly the most uh, difficult battle of the Second World War that the Americans uh, fought. Now, there was many, many fought, uh, battles that were fought during the Second World War, and, and, and they are hell, absolute hell. And to fight a battle and win these battles, there is a little bit of madness that's required. And for me, it was in that case. And so what I basically saw was this image of this banner raised high that stood for something, that called me to be something, to stand behind something, to stand for something, to stand up in something. And it wasn't this old man. It was this spirit man that rose up and saw this thing. And as I did that, the that this, this desire for pornography receded. And it was behind this thing. And I lifted this thing up. And I lifted that thing up for a long time. Until that thing no longer had a hold and it was there, hell behind it. But it was my spirit man that did that. It wasn't my natural man. It wasn't a counseled man. I, I knew it wasn't right. I knew it wasn't good for me. And so in my mind's eye, I keep that addiction beaten by my spirit man. It's a wall. It's, a, it's something that stands up and says that I stand for Christ. It's something that stands that I live For him. I don't live for me. I keep it high and lift it up. It's something I keep high and lift it up. And if you could have talked to these guys who lifted that banner up there, that was what their hunger was to get to that mountaintop, to raise that banner. Now I don't think any of us in this room would understand how that worked, unless you were in Vietnam possibly or one of those conflicts where it was your life or something else's. But it really came home to me recently when I um, read a a set of Kindle books. Now, there's an addiction. Um, I read this series of, of, of books by a guy called Bernard Cornwell. He's written a number. But I read three series. One was called The Last King, which was set in around about the 11th century. The uh, other was called The Starbuck Chronicles, which was set in the um, American Civil War. And the other one was *Sharp's* the Sharp series. There's 21 books in that series. I read them in about, what, three weeks? Pretty bad. And there's uh, probably 33 books in four weeks. So that's a trouble, you see. For me, if I read a, if I read a book... I don't do anything else. I sit there and read the book. So I tend not to read a book unless I'm on holiday, because I've got nothing else to do on holiday. So, but what it really did for me, he when he writes, uh, when this guy writes about these things, he writes about the the absolute savage savagery of hand-to-hand battle, because he's talking about mostly hand-to-hand battle and what he's talking about the savagery of it. But not only that, how central to winning. Any battle was the banner over their lives. was the banner of their, of their particular regiment or whatever it was and he does one particular book in, in the Sharp series called Sharp's Eagle which talks about the eagle that he captured of the enemy and, the, and everybody would die for that banner. And, the, and it really brought it home to me where I could, I saw that. I see that. I live behind that. I get that. This is not a passive thing. This is something you die for and die to. You die in it. The price that's paid to keep the battle standard flying. What it means to the troops. And so it's you need to understand it's me that does it. I can ask God to do it, but he's already done it. But he's put something in me that's enabled me and enabled you. To deal with those things that would come and try and drag you down. He has made you into a new creation in Christ Jesus. And if you're here today and you've never surrendered your life to Christ or you have in the past and you've slipped away from that, I would like to give you the opportunity to allow Christ to live within your life. God's plan for your life is salvation for eternity. To know Christ and the power of His resurrection. The power of his capacity to win over those things that come and beat us. Those things that would pull us down. Those things that would incapacitate us. Those things that would help us live and make us live in guilt and fear and pain and secret and denial. He has made us into a new creation in Christ Jesus. It's the most exciting thing you'll ever, ever experience. If you're an adrenaline junkie, get saved. It is a heap of fun. Yeah? And even if you're not, get saved. You know? And if you're a real crass sinner like I was, get saved. It's so much better. You know? And I, it's going through my mind, I deal with a lot of different people and I so often deal with Christians who, and I'm going to have a go at some of us here, it's Christians who sort of point the finger at people's sin, you know. people And I look at them and go, you know, your biggest problem is you need a really good dose of sin in your life to realize how tough it is and to get out of it and what the amazing thing that Christ has done within us. Having come out of that, I know it. And so do you. It fascinates, It fascinates me with Bronson, and I'll just share this, who's led a perfect life, even married the perfect wife, as the perfect kids, because that's what kids are for to have grandkids, and yet he has a much and if much a lot more grasp on the grace of God than I do. So God touches every single one of us in his unique, wonderful, and powerful way. But you need to understand that to beat and come out of that valley of addiction, it requires a whole heap of resistance requires you to stand up and put something in place. And so for me, it's a picture. For me, it's a banner that's flying. And there's a scripture that says, "This banner over us is love. We used to sing a song back in the day, back in the way day. How many people, you know the song, his, um, what is it? His, no, no, not that one. His banner over me is love. Remember that song? Like it's, we're talking 40 years old. So A long time ago, but it's a good picture. So in conclusion, I want you today to identify your addiction. But know this, in Galatians 5.1, it says this. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by yoke of slavery. Because it would be so easy for me to allow the blinds, to open you know Venetian blinds you can allow them to open let the light through be so easy for me to allow that blind to open stand firm don't let that thing come and encroach on your life again by a yoke of slavery we're all vulnerable to different types of addictions every one of us but when we look at that which holds us the addiction and the one that saves us we realize That which holds us does not have the power of the one who saves us. Now we're spirit men and women. We have the power of Christ to live within us. So Danae, you might need professional help for your addiction. If that is you, I want you to be brave, courageous and ask for help. We can refer you if you like. Or else you can also go to prayer. And you can take the time to ignite that spirit capacity to see a vision of what Christ has done for you. You can put Christ on a cross up there if you like. But put that addiction behind something. Deal with it out of your spirit, man. Don't try and deal with it out of your natural, man. Confess who you are in Christ and stand in that place that Christ has. Now, for some of you today, that might sound a little bit weird and possibly it is. But it worked for me. And I'm pretty sure that it can work for you.